one network was not ready for a cartoon series so profound that they, ABC, would decide to air it out of order and incomplete. This is a tale of two convenience store employees that just can't catch a break, even in cartoon form. It's Clerks the Animated Series. So check your milk's expiry date because you're listening to a kind of garbage. TV edition. So last week, um, we went out on a lunch date, let's say. And when we came back to my house, I had the pleasure of letting you watch the first two episodes of Clerk the Animated Series, because you had never seen them before. And this is one of my absolute favorite cartoon shows. It was fun to watch you try to end it early, I guess. How did you feel about the watch that you had? Wow. Yeah, this... I have a really, I guess, as someone who I don't really watch a lot of Kevin Smith movies or TV shows. So this was like a a weird watch because I've always viewed Kevin Smith as having his own little like universe that he he writes and creates in where everything kind of takes place in the same little self-contained world. Clerks, the animated series is like right in the middle of it. And I just I could not get into it. It was too kevin smithy for me <laughs> i'm gonna quote cody as we're sitting there watching it the first episode Cody's going adam this is awful and then the second episode you're like adam this is awful <laughs> yeah so i did not like it at all like i i actively <laughs> disliked it which kind of sucks because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Kevin. I, I like Kevin Smith. I think he's interesting to hear him speak on like movies and TV shows. I think he has an interesting perspective. I enjoy watching interviews of Kevin Smith. I enjoy reading articles that he's written with his viewpoint in like the entertainment industry, but watching some of like his contributions i just they absolutely kill me and this one is this was like the haymaker that just like knocked me out like i i hated this so much (laughs) so for anyone who i i'm assuming most people know who kevin smith is but he's a filmmaker that got his start by making a black and white indie movie called clerks which the cartoon is based off of the cartoon is a love letter for himself his friends and then i guess his fans as well because Kevin Smith has been known as a filmmaker who mainly makes movies after making his original movie to basically put his friends in it, the friends that he's made over time, just um, to basically have a good time. Almost the the Adam Sandler where let's all go on a vacation. But when you do a Kevin Smith movie, it's like you get that phone call and you look at your spouse, you go, fucking Kevin wants me to be in another movie of his. What's the pay? Probably scale. Oh, no. (laughs) So let's jump into the first episode. Because we're going to probably touch back on it multiple times. The first episode of the show is that like a local, a, like the town's rich person, businessman by the name of Leonardo Leonardo is opening up an upscale convenience store. And it's done in direct defiance of 
Do they ever name the convenience store that they work at? So right here, I can tell you right now, Koei did not pay attention. What, is um, that not what it was about? Yes, but Dante and Randall work at the Quick Stop. Quick Stop, yeah. And then the supermarket that opens up across the street is called Quicker Stop. Yeah, like that. that's what I mean, though, is like it's guys working a dead end job and it's just like the conversations you have while you're working like a shit job. I, I get that. But like in the Kevin Smith universe, now working at like a dead end job like somehow now you're you're thrown into a storyline that involves like a local millionaire who is opening up an even better quick stop to like take you out of business and it's like somehow these two losers like clerks works when it's two losers stuck behind a counter just having like mundane arguments about shit it doesn't work when it's like two idiots behind a counter and then all of a sudden a spaceship crashes into them and they get like launched on all these wacky adventures which is amazing because the the show's only six episodes and is that one of the episodes (laughs) (laughs) there's only six episodes and all the episodes were done before they started being aired so i think it's either the fifth or the sixth episodes where they go to like a san diego comic-con and everybody in the crowd which is like three people at their clerk's booth complains that they're like yeah um i really like the movie but your cartoon show sucks ass how come you never just hang out in the store and it's in color so they actually they made an episode of their fans complaining about their cartoon show before the cartoon show even (laughs) made air yeah i i fully understand it this is like exactly what i mean by like i think kevin smith is has like really locked himself down as like an outside filmmaker and a cult filmmaker which is great because he's always going to have an interesting take on media like if kevin smith ever wrote an article or did an interview talking about any movie or any tv show or or anything comic book movies I would be like, that's really interesting because he has a very unique outsider perspective on it as a filmmaker. But you could not pay me to go see like a Kevin Smith superhero movie. Like I just, I can't. And the fact that like he made his own movie, that's, it's great. Like he made Clerks, which is just, it just focuses on like the mundane life of the, like these two slackers and the people who like they are forced to interact with and like what their lives are. That's great. But then like, it's almost like he didn't make Clerks and then he made a TV show about a movie somebody else made and he missed the point. I'm a big fan of the show. My friend um, uh, Rob and I would watch this, I, I feel, every single weekend. And this is a... <laughs> <laughs> this is a cartoon series that after you watch the six episodes, you have to watch it again, but with the audio commentary, because they tell you all the inside jokes for them and their friends. They explain all the behind the scenes, how they fired a Korean animator from the show because they um, they said his work was lazy. This is real life. They fired him and then they got a letter from his family saying is very dishonorable. And then what happened is the animation oh, studio... God. Yeah, the animation studio rehired him on and he started drawing mistakes into the future episodes that he was on. Oh, like, okay, do you, I know you like Clerks, the TV show. Yes. But would you enjoy Clerks, the animated series as it is? Or would you enjoy it more as if he could have done this entire show doing it like very guerrilla animation like South Park, where it's like, how do we animate a show in three days and then the script to the show could have been him inviting his friends or if his friends want to play characters they could play characters and they would just talk about whatever they 
wanted to talk about. So if they wanted to talk about sports or movies or music or pop culture or politics or anything, they could talk about it. And then the episode would be released before the week is out. And everything they're talking about would be very like cutting edge current events, like kind of like how South Park makes a show. And it's generally like the topic of the show is like a very hot topic at the moment. But instead, he like gets all of his friends, he just comes up with like these goofy adventures for them to go on. And I hate it so much. And I love it even more than you hate it. I want another season. I know that Kevin Smith was just, um, I think it was last year talking about how they might take the Clerks 3 script and rework it into either um, the Clerks animated movie finally or another season on Hulu. And I'm so excited. I hope they do it. I cannot wish. (laughs) for any more roadblocks to impede that production. Okay, so let's jump into the first episode (laughs) so we can run through it and you can end this discussion fast as humanly possible. I am going to... No, 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 I I will talk about this. Like, I think think it's worth talking about as far as something... Like, this thing doesn't miss the mark. Like, Kevin Smith made an animated series based around Clerks and then he picked up the dart and threw it at the dartboard and it's not like, oh, it missed the bullseye. He picked up a dart and he threw it in the opposite direction the room like he made the show and people were like what the fuck are we watching like this isn't like this is the complete like oh (laughs) it's so frustrating (laughs) okay let's let's jump into the first episode so we can get even deeper into it and i'm i'm kind of happy that i get to tell you about all the different things that you'll probably never get to see by watching the third fourth fifth and sixth episode great the first episode like we mentioned is i'm gonna try and say his name leonardo leonardo makes his way to leonardo New Jersey and opens up a quicker stop of the future and his own Leonardo Tower. Like Cody kind of mentioned, he's the Mr. Burns of this series. Yeah. So the quicker stop of the future is looking to put the quick stop out of business. It's Dante and Randall have to figure out how to stop him. And in at the end of the day, Jay and Silent Bob just blow up the quicker stop accidentally with fireworks that they were selling to little kids. And basically that's the plot. And there's just little little gags and jokes throughout the throughout the episode. <laughs> Which I honestly I I, I I didn't like the first episode, but I get that it was like a pilot episode and they were trying to set up like a general premise for the series. But that is the fact that they were trying to set up a general premise for the series is what frustrated me because instead of it just being about guys being stuck at like, you know, like kind of a shit job, they entered like they're just like, hey, you know, Mr. Burns, let's put Mr. Burns in it. Like, you know, these like character types that we need to like create conflict with our characters that in reality, like have no relation to our characters. Let's do that. And it was just so painful. (laughs) The episode starts off with Dante in the quick stop and kids setting off fireworks inside the quick stop, which we find out Jay and Silent Bob are selling them. And one of the reasons why they sell fireworks in the cartoon show is because the notes from ABC was that they couldn't be drug dealers because ABC is the family channel, right? Like it's, it's a family network. So they had to figure out what can Jay and Silent Bob do and they had to be merry mischief makers. Yeah. Randall's first appearance is him being almost three hours, I think three hours late to work. And Dante tells Randall to earn his keep, which then Randall tells Dante that he can be a real mo sometimes. How about you go open up the video store and earn your keep? 
earn your keep. You talk like such a mo sometimes. Which is slur for homo, which I didn't know until listening to the audio commentary where the executives were like, oh, like Mo Howard. And they were like, no, like homo. And one of their notes is that they had to change it for the TV show, but they didn't have any money to re-record any of the lines because ABC gave them a, a shoestring budget. <sighs> Yeah, so if any of that doesn't seem like it's aged like milk, that's probably the least offensive, <laughs> like, gay stereotype in the first two episodes we watched, where they drop, like, full-on F-bombs. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, we'll get into the joke, like, if you could call them jokes, but, like, yeah, like, that's one of the jokes, is, like, Kevin, like, they call somebody a mo, and then it's, like, no one fucking knows what that is, man. Like, yeah, like, no one in the world understands, like, your very specific, incredibly, like, dated slurs against gay people and like it's incredible the fact that you put it in a show and then like the network didn't even pick up on it i like if i was making a show and i made a joke and then the network was like oh we get that it's like this and they completely missed the punchline i probably wouldn't leave it in my show because i would be like okay no one under like if they don't get this the audience might not get it because you had to explain it to me. And I was like, I've never heard that in my life. So Leonardo Leonardo is played by everybody's favorite superhero, the Shadow, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure I mentioned during that episode that he played a character in the Clerks cartoon show. Oh, no. Did you? Yes. I, um, oh, God. Leonardo is first introduced with his um, his servant, Mr. I think it's Mr. Pug, which you find it later on in the series that he's actually a robot. Okay. And as Mr. Pug's giving him a schedule, he lets Leonardo know, like, hey, later tonight, you're going to be on Access Hollywood. And Leonardo, Leonardo goes, we couldn't get entertainment tonight. And Mr. Pug just shakes his head no. And Leonardo goes, hmm. We've got two minutes for the intro if you're going to make your 12.30 with Access Hollywood. We couldn't get entertainment tonight. Hmm. And it's just, it's, <sighs> to me, those are the deliveries and the jokes where it's so, so mundane. It's him ripping into Access Hollywood and being upset that he's not on entertainment tonight and it never gets touched upon again. It's just some funny little throwaway joke that absolutely kills me because I'm sitting on the couch laughing at all these jokes and Cody's like, are you fucking stupid? But like, that's what kills me is like, if he wanted to rip on Hollywood or make a show like that's kind of self-deprecating or self-referencing or anything, like it's so fucking bad. You get to suspend your disbelief belief just to make Dante and Randall somehow important to the world, which is just important for us, the viewers. Yeah, I get it. But like, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I thought this show would have worked better if it was if it would have picked a lane, if it would have stayed grounded about working in a convenience store in like suburban New Jersey and like the bullshit that that entails. OK, th that's a show like you could turn that into a show or if you want to make the premise that like it's about these two slackers that keep getting into like hijinks that are like every it's like family guy where like every joke's a non sequitur like, hey, remember 
this or remember the time, remember the time. It's like, I don't think that's a good show, but that's a show. For whatever reason, he just merged both. He's like, I want the show to take place in a convenience store. But then as soon as we leave the convenience store, I want I want to jump to skyscrapers. I want to jump to like a billionaire's boardroom. And it's like, why? Like, then why even have a convenience store? Just if you want to make it outlandish, just make it outlandish. Which speaking of the millionaire's boardroom, that was one of the scenes that you got mad at is when Leonardo Leonardo is building his desk that he bought from Ikea. I don't, I don't, wow. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing just thinking about it because it's so funny to me. So there's a, when did this come out? Yeah, it was aired on TV in the year 2000. So 20 years ago. 20 years ago, the joke is that Leonardo Leonardo buys a desk for his like boardroom from Ikea. And then it's like the most amateur hour stand up comedy bit of, oh, I bought a desk, but hey, they don't tell you, you got to build it. Oh, look at all these little pieces. I think I lost a wooden dowel. What's this thing called? A Svenga board, Svenga board. And it's like, yeah, Ikea, I get it. Like... (laughs) I don't understand these instructions. It didn't look like this in the catalog. The Blork. Bleached oak, $79. Now, where did I put that dowel? So when Dante and Randall go to actually talk to Leonardo in his office, he asks him, like, what do you think of my desk? I made it myself. And then Randall goes, it looks like it was built by a Riri. Again, yeah, bringing up and like, I'm, a, I'm assuming that made it to air because whoever went over the show was like, I don't know what a Riri is. And then you had to tell me, did you see my Ikea desk that I built? <laughs> I built poorly. Get it? It's, po- it's poorly built because I have to build it. Yes, you're retarded. <laughs> oh my god uh and the best part is then dante goes in this in the shape in this building in the shape of an l <laughs> why in case you forget your initials and then leonardo goes that was uncalled for because he's so <laughs> offended by what dante says but he lets the reread comments by he goes yes it does doesn't it what do you think of my desk i made it myself and i have all these pieces left uh it's great you think so? Sure. Right, Randall? It's a piece of crap. <laughs> Very good. Looks <laughs> like it was built by a Riri. <laughs> Delicious it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and this whole stupid building in the shape of an L. Why? In case you forget your initials. That was uncalled for. Man, what is the matter with you? <sighs> God damn it. Leonardo like offers them a job there, college, medical, dental, all this great things. And Randall's like, fuck you. We don't need your college. At the end, they realize they need to destroy the building. So they break into Leonardo's office, which is one of my favorite recurring jokes, is where they throw a grapple hook onto the top of the building. And as they're climbing it sideways, like Batman, you realize they're actually just walking normally. And they're like, why are we walking like this? It's just a gag on like the old Adam West Batman show. Instead of climbing up the face of a building, they're just walking, holding a rope. And the perspective is tilted 90 degrees to make it look like they're climbing. And then they just like they break the fourth wall and they're like, we're not even climbing, are we? We're almost there. Why are we walking like this? Which, okay, like, that's a joke. I get it. Like, that's a joke. (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert. That one joke. How many times are we going to see that one joke in two episodes, Adam? I would say at least seven. Yeah. And we'll we'll get to why. 
they get to Leonardo's office. They steal the plans. He's going to turn it into a north of the border Canadian like tourist spot and then a pleasured paradise dome. It's very convoluted. It really doesn't matter. But one of the things you have to take away from it is that well, Canadians are like Neanderthal cavemen who don't know what rain is. Leonardo Leonardo made his fortune like his family got rich basically by conquering Canada and then what was it, his grand his great grandfather's name oh god what was it it was Bernardo Leonardo Bernardo okay that actually as a joke that actually stuck they break into his office find out what the plan is and the plan is that he just wants to like take over this little suburban town as they like go to a town hall meeting to show his like evil plan to the citizens of the town as they break in leonardo leonardo is like literally point for point explaining the exact same plan just from the perspective of i don't think it's bad and then the town's just like yeah sounds great like that was actually that was actually a funny joke like that had like a good callback to it of them like making fun of the whole movie trope of we'll find out like the the bad guy's secret plan and then show it to the whole town. And then the whole town is just like, yeah, we're cool with it. That actually, that was funny. That worked. Which is funny to me because that's one of my most hated scenes because it takes up, it's probably like a five minute segment, but I hate it because it just takes time away from the jokes that I love. Like oh. when they go back to the convenience store and they're watching UPN and they're watching Pfeiffer, which won a Humanitas Award. And Cody, what's the Humanitas Award? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Isn't it? Isn't it like a? Wasn't it like a like a little gold medal that they gave like TV shows for having like not having negative stereotypes or like having like positive representation of minority groups? Is that what it was? It's um, you get that award if you have like a wholesome show that doesn't use words like retarded, and then uh, Randall says that's retarded. Oh, uh, I've seen this one a thousand times. It won a Humanitas. What's that? An award for TV shows that don't use words like retarded. That's retarded. And queer. So at the end of this episode, they just steal the plot of this live action TV show to trick Leonardo Leonardo into getting married to Randall. But then they forget that they need to blow up the quicker stop. And Jay and Silent Bob eventually blow it up. And they ask them, how did you know what the plan was? And they say, what plan? Which kicks into the first safety tips with Jay and Silent Bob with special guest star Charles Barkley, who gets thrown away. They tell him, get out of here. Yeah. So you were telling me that, like, for whatever reason, like ABC got them some sort of deal with Charles Barkley that, like, Charles Barkley would record a few lines of dialogue for the show. So, like, they'll say, like, in these little PSAs after the episode, Charles Barkley will just come in and be like, right, gang? And then they're like, get the hell out of here, Charles Barkley. And then that's, that was like, his only line of dialogue so there's a later episode where at the beginning they're reading fan mail i think this is the third or fourth episode and all the letters are how come there's no women characters on your show are you afraid of women how come there's no female role models and then it's just them dismissing them being like very pretty handwriting as they crumple up and throw away and then they do get to a letter that says how come there's no um african americans on their sh on your show and they say oh my god this is a big problem so they bring out their very first african-american character and his name is lando <laughs> And so oh. they tell you, look for Lando to make special appearances in the show. In that episode, they're walking down the street talking about something, uh, Randall and Dante, and there's Lando. And there's like, hey, Lando. And they go, hey, guys. And he just walks by. And that's the scene for that episode. I hate it so much, man. Like... <laughs> 
I I don't even know what to say. Like this act, like like I said earlier, like I enjoy Kevin Smith's perspective on like filmmaking, and I think he kind of has like an interesting perspective and like kind of his stance and like where like where he stands in like pop culture as kind of like a counterculture figure is interesting, and I think he is interesting to listen to. But like this show is like it's like Kevin Smith will rag on anything and any one and then you're like he's actually raising good points and then he makes a show and the show is just so fucking dumb and you're like really like watching this like i don't think kevin smith's the best filmmaker ever i think he's a competent filmmaker i enjoy some of his movies but like lately i my understanding of kevin smith is so it's just been like him kind of picking like fights with other filmmakers and like doing all this other shit and then it's it's like if that's what you want to do that's fine but like this is something that like has your name on it like how how can you justify like critiquing anyone's work as like a filmmaker or an actor or an artist and it's like by the way i'm the guy who made clerks the animated series you know with mo and riri (laughs) let's jump into episode two Episode two starts off with um, Dante getting a call from the police saying that somebody's broken into the quick stop. When he gets there, he lets a police officer know, oh, this is actually how we left it. The police officer tells him that you have to respect yourself because you sell cigarettes. As the police officer is leaving, he asks Dante for a copy of Fat Chicks magazine. Son, you sell cigarettes here. Show some pride. Remember the first step to respecting yourself is respecting the job. Yeah, almost forgot. Uh, Do you have a copy of Fat Chicks? They have a locksmith come in to change the lock on the freezer for whatever reason they think that was broken into. Dante and Randall get locked in the freezer, and this is where we start episode two of Clerks, which is a mainly a flashback of the first episode. I didn't, I didn't mind it too much. Like it started off with a premise of okay, we're going to be locked in a freezer, and I almost, I made the mistake of almost getting excited. I almost, I almost thought for a minute Kevin Smith was going to lock his characters down and then force them to dialogue with one another and actually discuss something or argue about something or do anything just have some sort of interaction and then about two jokes into we locked ourselves in the freezer it starts referencing the it's just like a flashback episode of hey remember that time we did this and then about three or four times in a row it just references scenes from the first episode and not like references like it it full-on like flashbacks to them which i think is one of the reasons why i don't think the first or second episodes were aired okay because the series wasn't aired in order on tv i want to say the fifth episode was the first one shown and the third one was the second one shown so it was out of order and they didn't even do these episodes in order so i don't think people got to see these two episodes on tv until they hit dvd and vhs okay my retort to that would be I know there's a lot of shows that have come out where people are like, I enjoy the people who made the show. I don't enjoy the fact that whatever distributor or whatever like production company or whatever had the final rights to it, they just dumped it onto like a weird ass time slot or they released the episodes out of order or they didn't support the show. 
I feel like with this show, it does not matter what order the episodes came in. Like it does like I don't think well, who was it? ABC. I don't think ABC airing these episodes in like some form of continuity with like the order they're released. I don't think any of that would have saved this show. I'll agree to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Let's jump into this episode. (laughs) You fucking hate it. And I love every second of it. Once Randall and Dante get locked in the freezer, as you said, they reference the first episode a bit. And then they then Jane, Sal and Bob jump into the freezer and they're like, don't let the door lock. And then it relocks. So it's all four of them stuck in there. Mm -hmm. This is where Jay was just like I think it was Jay asked how'd you guys get stuck in here and then they start doing flashbacks of this episode of them getting stuck inside the freezer yeah and I remember the moment that you realized that this was the flashback episode which is the a classic trope for TV series where you have an episode where they remember all the different things have happened to them over time but this but it's the second episode and you're like no because you didn't enjoy the first episode so much I think it's really smart obviously it's an amazing idea idea people might not enjoy the substance of it because it's kevin smith and clerks do you have you looked to see who wrote this episode no episode two was written by legendary dc comics writer and producer paul dini who also worked on other tv shows such as bad albert and the cosby's the gary coleman show Gilligan's Planet, which is an animated spinoff of Gilligan's Island. Mr. T, which is the Mr. T animated TV show. Pound Puppies, Lost, and what he is most famous for, Batman the Animated Series. I feel like doing your second episode of Flashback is like... It's brilliant. It's so stupid. It's funny. If, yeah. if you didn't, if you didn't, like, instead of actually flashing back to the first episode, which they do for half of the jokes... If instead you, and they did it with some of the jokes, you have the characters like flashback to certain things. And then the other character go like, wait a minute, that's not how that happened. Literally cutting to a flashback of an episode of episode one, when you're on episode two, and then not referencing like, oh, by the way, like, you know, wink, wink, the show hasn't been out for that long. It's like, just fucking dumb. Halfway through this episode is where they actually get freed from the freezer because Silent Bob had a crowbar with them. What happens next is they're going over to RST video and a lady starts giving them shit because she left her baby home alone. for like 12 hours they go inside rst and randall tells the lady and everyone else online sorry we're closed they close the door lock it and the key breaks and that's where they're banging on the door and it's one of my favorite lines where randall goes somebody help lady with the dead baby it's 3 a.m my baby has been home alone since this morning where have you been sorry ma'am we close at nine but I... uh-oh the key broke in the lock we're trapped Again? Hello? Anyone? Lady with the dead baby? That's like a solid foundation for like building a joke, like doing a callback. Like as soon as he walks in, a woman is like, I just like I've been waiting here for three hours. I left my baby at home. And then the next time he sees her, he's like, that lady's baby's dead. Like she's been here all day. Like I get that. And like there was another joke that I liked where, yeah, they they escape the freezer, get to the video store accidentally break the air conditioner and then just turn and lock themselves in and then just turn the video store into another freezer man it's hot in here turn on the ac it's like a freezer in here like that that's a that's a joke like that's an actual 
fucking joke. It's shocking when there's like an actual crafted joke in the middle of this show where like it's almost like some like there for me, there was like seven or eight minute long stretches that were anti joke. While they're in the video store, another joke that I really liked is they're talking about, hey, do you want to watch a movie? And then they pull down Flintstones list, which is which is Steven Spielberg. They said made this movie. Well, Steven Spielberg made a movie about the Holocaust called Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. So then the joke is Steven Spielberg directed the Flintstones movie. And then it just cuts to like clip of the Flintstones being marched into a concentration camp bound train. And then the the train moves like a Flintstone vehicle where like their feet have to pedal to get the train to go. (laughs) Which, all right, like I guess... There's you dissect that there is the anatomy of a joke present, but like it's just put together so fucking poorly. In the audio commentary, they talked about the network notes that they got on that, where they had to cut that from the episode because it was offensive to people to Holocaust survivors. They said that they fought to have the joke in there because it was a few seconds. And then they said at the end of the day, it didn't matter because nobody saw it. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. As they're sitting in the RST video, they talk about all the different places they've gone because of their jobs. And the two places, Ye Old Quickie Stop, the Quick Stop in India. So tell us about the Ye Old Quick Stop. Okay. Instead, so they go, remember that time we worked at the British convenience store? And it goes to Ye Old Quick Shop. And a guy comes in and asks for, he asks for a, what, a pack of fags, which are cigarettes, like what some British people call cigarettes. And then Randall gets into a fight with him being like, what did you call me? Pack of fags. You're a fag. It's a cigarette, mate. I'm not your mate, fag. And then we go from that to remember that time we worked at a convenience store in India and a guy comes in and then Randall asks him if he wants milk. He's like, are you here to buy milk? And then the guy goes, India, cows, can't drink milk. And then the guy just screams and loses his mind and runs away. And that's the joke is what would a convenience store be like in India? Well, I'm sure it would be the same. Like you would have like, you know, smokes and magazines and and a carton of milk. And then they go, yeah, but they wouldn't drink milk in India, right? So, and it's like, that's the joke. (sighs) Like, I don't know. Like that, those are two bad jokes. One of the the jokes from the quick stop in India as well, which which comments on the racism in the US is an Indian man comes up to Dante and Randall says, How come all you convenience store guys are always American? Speak Hindu. It's making fun of the fact of like in America, I don't even know if it still is. I guess it's still a joke that like convenience stores owner, convenience store owners or the sales clerk at convenience stores are like normally Indians. Okay, I I like I get that. Fair enough. And then they were like, well, what if they were white guys working at an Indian store? And then just an Indian guy said, like, why, why is it always you white guys? Which leads into, I think, the last three jokes that kind of tie in. They talk about one of the worst places that they've ever been. And they walk out of this room and they like shiver and they're like, let's never go in there. And then as they walk away, you see above the door it says burn ward. And then they walk into an open door and then it closes and it says other burn ward. Originally, the other door was supposed to say pediatric burn ward, but they weren't allowed to do it because they didn't want the writers to be making fun of children who had been in horrific accidents that are are in a burn ward. The burn ward jokes, the calling someone Mo, calling someone Riri, all of this is like Kevin Smith lives inside a bubble where 
him and a handful of his friends have jokes where they call each other Mo. They say someone's acting like a Riri and then they go like, oh, that's gross. Like that's grosser than being in a burn ward outside of that bubble where the rest of the world lives does not understand that. Like having your characters walk into a burn ward and the punchline is burn ward. I don't get the punchline. And then it's like a burn ward. It's gross, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, I guess. But like, is that a thing? Like, is that a thing where like in this one neighborhood in New Jersey, people say burn ward to be like the gross thing? You know what I mean? Like someone might say like, I don't like someone might say, oh, that's gross. I'd rather lick like the toilet seat of a porta potty. And it's like, okay, I okay, I get that. Like, that's pretty universal. You've said something gross that everyone would be like, I understand you're calling something gross. It's like just having characters walk into a burn ward and then have the camera pan to a sign that says burn ward and then pan to another sign that says other burn ward. Like, I think I looked at you. I could only I wish I had a picture of my face when I looked at you because I must have had the most glazed over expression. Like, I, I do not get this joke. And this is the and this was like that was like the end joke. That was the big gag at the end. They basically had like a little voiceover. My mom realized once we didn't come home, they phoned the police. The police broke down the door and it cuts to them at an ice rink telling their friends like an outdoor ice rink telling their friends, oh, this is what happened. What a crazy time. So these friends who you've never seen before leave. But when they do, the door to the ice rink gets stuck, which they can just hop over. Yeah. But Randall says, oh, wait, no, there's a there's a door right over there. Let's go through that. And when they go into it, the door slams. And it just says another burn ward. And at the very end of this episode, it, it wraps up with the, all those people that you just met, plus Jane Sound Bob. And it parodies the ending of Stand By Me, which I've seen that movie years ago. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that's what it was parodying just because it's it's not a movie that I keep in, like in my mind. Yeah, it just it parodies the fact that like they're all walking home and then it's like just references like losing track of your friends. And like, how come I never had this? Uh, like, how come my friendships weren't as good as the ones I had when I was like 12. Well, after watching this, I think what frustrated me the most was this entire show is built for people who live in the Kevin Smith bubble. And then the fact that you need to watch like the audio commentary with it for him to explain the jokes that should tell you that, hey, the little pop culture bubble that you've created and inhabit the center of isn't big enough for you to launch an animated series on ABC to try to like, and especially if you're not going to bring people into it, it's just going to be like, hit the ground running. Hey, don't be a mo, don't be a re-re, snooch to the nooch. I accidentally walked into a burn ward. And it's like, what the fuck does any of this mean? And then like, I don't know, there's just a handful of Kevin Smith people that are like, it's really good. And it's like, is it? Would you recommend this to anyone? No. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would not recommend this to anyone. I would recommend it to Kevin Smith fans. I wouldn't. I think, I think if anyone had a, I think if you actively enjoyed Clerks, you should be very frustrated with this show and how it was handled because it's like the anti Clerks. And I think for someone like me who enjoys Kevin Smith as a filmmaker more than Kevin Smith films, it just frustrated me because it's like, it's so fucking bad, man. Like I said, I will recommend this. <laughs> this is a childhood, a teenage favorite of mine. I've seen this I don't know how many times. With that said, this is the very first television show that we're talking about, which means it automatically gets number one on both of our spots, whether you like it or not. I, re I, re I, I refuse to list. <laughs> it's going to be up there. But here's the next question. Shoot. 
what will be the next television show that we will talk about? Because that falls in your court. A television show I always enjoyed was, I don't know why, I think I had a job at the time where I was working shifts, where I ended up getting home at a certain time. And I would basically sit in front of the TV and like eat whatever shitty microwave dinner I was eating. I would eat and watch TV like on my couch because I was living in like an apartment by myself or something. And there was an NBC show called fuck now I don't even know what it's called it was an NBC show it was only one season it had like a ton of famous people in it had like a really high what I thought was like at the time it had like a pretty fucking high budget and it's like a modern day retelling of like uh biblical stories and I thought it was interesting and I watched it over like the course that it was on for like three months I think it was only like 10 episodes or something short and I've never met another human being in my life that's seen it I love the fact that this show like must have been the hardest fucking flop in the world for NBC Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. It was more fun than I could ever have imagined watching Cody just be super annoyed watching this while I sat there fucking having a great time because I love the show so much. And to me, I want Cody to like it. At at the end, you didn't. And I could care less. (laughs) With that said, I want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you had fun with myself, Cody. Yeah, thanks for listening. As always, you can find us online through our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram, both at a kind of garbage. You can also email us at a kind of garbage at gmail.com with any questions or comments you may have. Be sure to check us out at a kind of where you can find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages, as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash a kind of garbage, where you can get access to our private Discord channel and Patreon exclusive podcasts. Thank you again for joining us and be sure to tune in next time. I think it's hard. Like, I I understand how this show has a fan base. And I understand that, like, there are a bunch of shows now that, like, get a fan base. And then they're like, oh, it has to live on. Or, you know, like, they put it out there and it failed. But then a handful of people want to keep it alive. Like, I think it's at some point, like, I think it's goofy that people are, like, actively being, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what are some of the shows? Like, Firefly was one of them where people were, like, keep doing fire or come out with a Firefly movie. Veronica Mars was one where people, like, lost their shit when it got canceled. I can see being upset when they don't, like, tether all the loose ends. Yeah, but I think... I think TV has almost fixed that now by instead of doing, like, episodic content where it's, like... You do the episode, it sets up a premise, then there's a twist, then there's a resolution, and it all wraps up in either 22 minutes or 46 minutes or whatever it is. I think that people now are more enjoying the fact that TV shows are being greenlit, where like the seasons are self-contained stories. So you're yeah. you're watching things like True Detective or Fargo or any like any of this other stuff that comes out where you're watching the show and the first episode will set it up and then the second, third, fourth, fifth episode or whatever will go into 
building the world and developing the story and the characters and all this stuff. And then at the end, it ties it all together and you don't have to worry about, oh, by the way, like no one saw the show. So we're canceled and we're no one's ever going to figure out who the murderer was or no one's ever going to figure out like, you know, where that person disappeared to. I think it kind of fixes that, even though it does have its own issues where like it kind of forces people to create things in a vacuum where like you do a whole season and then by the time you release it, you don't really have time to see how the fans of the show interact with it. And if you want to change it based upon how fans interact with it, 